How are you, church? Good. Good to be here with you guys. If I've not met you yet, my name's Pastor Rick. Glad to be here with you guys on Sunday nights. There's quite a few kids out there shooting Nerf. I was going out there to check on them. And just right when I heard, look, there's Pastor Rick. I walked and ran off. <laughs> well, good to be here with you guys. We, uh, real quick, want to say thank you to everyone who helped out with the Hallelujah Party. It was a smashing success for all those kids. Our church threw a super huge party on Tuesday night. It was so cool. All the help that we needed was there. All the candy we needed was there. And all the amazing kids that we wanted to bless. They were all there. It was su super cool. So God did an amazing work in and through our church. So thank you, Packing House, for all your help. <clears throat> well, we're going to take a, if you hear like pings on the door or like screeches or whatever, I actually told Andrew, I go, dude, let the kids be as loud as they want. I think it's so cool. Friends from across the country will say, hey, we heard them playing Nerf. It's so much fun. We love kids and youth here, so we want them to have a good time. It's going to be their church someday, so we might as well get on, our, on their good side. All right, well, let's get into Colossians, where we find ourselves in Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to start at verse 17 tonight. So Colossians chapter 2, we're starting at verse 17. I, I wanted to back it up just a little bit because I felt like it tied in really nicely with our, our passage tonight. So let's dig into Colossians chapter 2, verse 17. <clears throat> For we are a shadow of things to come, or excuse me, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. Therefore, if you have, excuse me, therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and the doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Chapter 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, <clears throat> where Christ is sitting, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you, have di for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Let's stop there and pray. Heavenly Father, help us to understand these difficult scriptures tonight, Lord. Help us to, man, just inspire us, Holy Spirit, and help us to apply them to our lives. Lord, we wish to see Jesus clearer, God. We wish to grow closer to you. So help us as we study your word in Jesus' name. We all agreed by saying, amen. Well, Paul, in our passage tonight, he is taking on everything and anything that seems to try to add stuff to our salvation. He's combating anything that adds to our salvation. 
Simply put, here's what I learned from Pastor Ed when he taught this message. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That's kind of like the main point tonight. Jesus plus nothing equals everything, okay? Now remember, when we started this letter a few weeks ago, and I'm sorry if you're just joining us tonight and you're wondering, what does he mean, ligaments and all this stuff? We go through the letters of the Bible, book by book, verse by verse, and we find ourselves in chapter two tonight. But as we started this, I was telling everyone this was a letter of encouragement. Paul is writing to Colossae and those believers, encouraging them. He's so pumped about their faith and their love for one another, but he's also taking the chance to combat some things that he's heard. Not so much like within their church, but like false teachers are getting or weaseling their way in there, and they're trying to add things to salvation. Oh, yeah, Jesus died on the cross, but you got to do this too to really be saved. Or he's trying to pick apart and explain away some of the weirdo beliefs that are working their way into the church at Colossae. Colossae was at a crossroads. It was in some major trade routes. So all this uh, Eastern mysticism was coming in. You had uh, Greek and Roman mythology coming in. And then you had all the the, the non-believing Jews or even believing Jews that started adding to the law. These Judaizers saying, okay, you won't believe in Jesus, but you got to follow the law of Moses also. This big melting pot was happening, and Paul's trying to explain it away and encourage these believers that, no, guys, Jesus plus nothing is everything. So tonight's passages really deal with preserving our relationship with Christ. Jesus didn't need, and he does not need, any rules or regulations added to him. We are already believer. If you're a believer, if you trust Jesus, we're hidden in Christ. We're already in Christ. He doesn't talk, he doesn't add any rules or regulations to him. The only thing he wants, not rules or regulations, he wants a relationship. That's what he wants. That's what he wants with us. So our passage tonight, we started at verse 17, but let's take a quick glance at verse seven, uh, 16. It says, so let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come. But the substances of Christ. <clears throat> Don't let anybody judge you by the food that, go, that goes in your body. You can eat whatever you want. I was telling you guys last week, I was so fun. If you've never been to Louisiana, they have some of the best cooking in the world. It's the best. That Creole cooking is something else. Get those little alligator. Was it alligator or crocodile? I forgot. Alligator nuggets. Oh my gosh, they're so good. That's definitely not kosher, but they're so enjoyable. They're so enjoyable. Jesus himself said, it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you, but it's what comes out of it that does. If you need a verse for reference, Matthew chapter 15, verse 11. It's not what goes in that defiles you, it's what comes out that defiles you. Wow. Jesus created food, eat it. <laughs> Enjoy it, guys. 
he did such an amazing victory on the cross that we don't need to let anyone judge us in food or drink or any other matters of legalism, which is applying laws, rules, regulations to our salvation. There's no room for legalism. You're saved by grace through faith, not of any works, so no one should brag about it. He goes on to say it's a gift, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. It's a gift. We're made whole, restored, complete. That's what saved is, sozoed in the Greek. We are made whole, saved. Our eternal addresses are changed forever, saved by faith. What is that? It's belief, confidence. Saved by grace, through faith. That's how it goes. Not of works, so no one should boast. That's what separates Christianity from everything else. Every other belief system is all about what you or I, what we need to do to get closer to God. What we need to work to earn his love. Every belief system is like that. Christianity is not like that because Christianity is about what God already did. His son died on the cross for our sins. Three days later, he rose again. I mean, of course, believer, you can do things to draw closer to God after salvation. Like, talk to him. That's all prayer is, talking with the Lord. Like, read about him. Read scripture. Yes, there's things that we can do to, to mature our faith, our walk in Christ. We can, we can enjoy fellowship with other believers, hanging out with other believers that, that are united. In, we have a... a a united love for Christ. So those are things we can do to mature our, our walk, but we can't do anything except for have simple faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. Uh, 17 said it, it, this, it was a shadow of things to come. It was a shadow. What does a shadow do? Like I said last week, I know I'm taking a little bit of time to review because it sets up the rest of the, our passage tonight. You see the shadow. Remember I was using the illustration of a plane. When a plane flies over you, it's cool to look up and see what casts the shadow. So the law, Torah, which is the first five books of Moses, they point, all those Jewish festivals, point toward Messiah. If you've never heard that term before, that's Jesus' title, Messiah or Christ. The law was not something that was bad that had to be abolished. It's something that it was good, but temporary. Only spanning from Moses to Messiah. The law was given to Moses, and Jesus, Messiah, fulfilled all the law. Okay? So it wasn't bad that it needed to be trashed. No, it was good, but temporary. It, had a, it, had an, uh, it was temporary, just from Moses to Messiah. Verse 18. So let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his mind. Here's another translation or another version of that verse from the Amplified Version. Let no one defraud you by acting as an umpire and declaring you unworthy, disqualifying you from the prize insisting on self-abasement. If you've never heard of self-abasement, it means like 
you're humiliating yourself or punishing yourself in some sort. And worshiping of angels, taking his stand on visions he claims he had seen. Okay, he's saying don't let, don't tolerate such people. Paul's saying don't tolerate these guys that are trying to act as umpires in your lives and cheating you out of the reward, meaning eternity with Jesus Christ. Don't even tolerate them. You know, tolerate means don't even allow their existence in your life. When you don't tolerate someone, the dictionary says that you don't even allow their existence in your life. So, Pastor Rick's version of this verse, sometimes with trepidation I say these things, but don't let any of these like fakers come in here and try chumping you for your walk with the Lord, your simple faith in the Lord. Don't even let those people around you kick them out of your life. They're toxic. Throw them out. There's the door. Don't let it hit you on the way out, I would say. I'm not going to let these people umpire me. Don't let them umpire you. You've been saved by grace through faith. Jesus loves you. The victory's already done. Don't let some joker come and start adding all these rules to your life. Because that is not the Jesus style. His, he's already died for us on the cross. So if you want to have like long hair, let it flow, I say. Enjoy it while it lasts. God does know the number of hair on your heads, I say, but he just doesn't promise to keep it. I see all you guys with long, luscious hair out there, making me jealous. Don't let any puffed up, false prophet or mystic tell you that you're in trouble you're in trouble because you don't have this like secret knowledge of of god the god of the universe let me tell you what you've been missing out on come on get a life we got the bible here we have god's truth right here in simple english that we could just read you know what else we have is we have the holy spirit believer and it's his job to build up and to educate the church, to testify about Jesus Christ. That's, he is the advocate that Jesus promised, the helper that he promised would come. We have them, so don't tolerate these fakers. A little quick mentioning of angels since it's mentioned here. We don't worship angels, believer. Nowhere in the Bible will you see that we are to worship angels. I 100% believe that they exist because the Bible says that they exist. And if you'd like to do your own word study or rather character study on angels, by all means, search. It's a really, really fun study. As we go into the Christmas season in just another month, just to let you know, Christmas is like eight weeks away, guys. Check it out. Angels play a big part because Gabriel's the messenger. So I totally believe in angels. We do not worship them, though. Not at all. We don't pray to them. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't worship them. We don't worship anything but God. Anything but God. So Paul, in those last couple of verses, he took a couple of punches at, at legalism. Now he's going to go after mysticism. Verse 19. And holding fast to the head from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. He's, he's telling us 
get away from these legalists, also known as Judaizers in history. And now he's getting after these mystics, these people that require you to have this like special, special, super secret knowledge about who, who the God is, this worship of angels. He's going after these guys. And what Paul is saying is these guys are completely out of touch with the source of life, who is Christ. Christ, Jesus, he's the one who puts everyone together in one piece, whose very breath and blood flows through the body of Christ, us, the believers, okay? That, that's why H is capitalized in this translation. Head, he's the head, Jesus, from whom all the body, meaning the body of Christ, which is the, the church, the believers, the people. Church is not a building. It is the gathering of people that believe in Jesus Christ, okay? Jesus is the head, we are the body. We don't need fake teachers. We need the head, which is Christ. He mentions that they're nourished and knit together, this body, meaning we can grow up healthy in God as he's nourishing us. You want to be spiritually nourished? You have to stay connected to the Lord. Stay connected. Have you, I don't know if you guys, you probably watched some crime scene movies where all of a sudden they find a hand on the road, you know, and it looks all like gnarly and gross and it's all stiff. Maybe I'm the only one who watches junk like that. I'm sorry. But it's disconnected from the body, so no blood's flowing in and through it, huh? So that's what he's saying. He's all believers in Christ. Stay together. Stay nourished. That's why we fellowship and come to church. I was telling Pastor Ed this morning, in case you guys have never met him, Pastor Ed's our senior pastor here at the Packing House. I was telling him this morning, like, gosh, when I was in my 20s, I was such a knucklehead. I used to say, I don't need to go to church to be saved. Well, okay. Because I knew everything when I was in my 20s. I'll tell you, I knew everything. But you know what? What I didn't realize is we need the local church so we can stay encouraged. So when I say something dumb, you guys tell me, Rick, I don't know about that. Maybe you should look at this verse. Or we could just encourage and pray for one another when we realize we're going through like one of the scariest times of our lives. When we're overwhelmed by stuff, we can find encouragement. Go to a small Bible study. Guys, we meet like the first and third Fridays of the month here in the prayer room. And we pray over every prayer card that's ever turned in. There's men that pray over it. We pray together over every need of the church. And we pray for each other. I love the local church. And I mean that, the local church, because if you're just visiting now and you're, you live somewhere else, stay connected to your church. If they're teaching God's word, if it's safe for you and your kids and your family to grow in, if it's like physically safe, you know, by all means, God bless you. But this, we need the local church, believer. We need the fellowship. We need to be around others. That's, God is nourishing the body and he wants us to stay connected. Verse 20 and 21. Let's take these two verses together. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle. We first saw him talk about some rules and regs, legalism. 
then we saw a glimpse at him taking some swings and combating mysticism. And now we're going to see Paul take on asceticism, asceticism. Ascetics practice self-denial. They might even do like um, self, they, they self-inflict wounds as punishment. Like, I'm not worthy, so they'll whip themselves or something. Self-mortification. Because they feel they're becoming more spiritual. Oh, I gotta do this. Classic, a, a good modern example of like this type of mysticism or Gnostic and with some asceticism is, is the villain on the first Da Vinci Code movie, if you've ever seen that. He, he whips himself and he, and he does that. Ascetics would also be very far removed from society. I have to be alone and just like, just be alone. That's how I'm so spiritual. That's wrong. We just learned how we need to stay together in the body of Christ. So now Paul's taking on asceticism. He's saying that since you've died with Christ, he set you free from every spiritual power of this world. So don't act like you're chained to them. There's a real adversary in the Bible, and his name is Satan. His name literally means accuser, slanderer, liar. And he has his, the fallen angels that were kicked out of heaven. And they, tor they want to torment the believer. They want to torment people. You don't have to be chained to these guys. The victory's already been won. You're in Christ Jesus, believer. He's, his Holy Spirit is in you. So when the spiritual pounding happens, and it will happen, spiritual warfare happens, yeah, it's like we got to snap out of it and get into prayer. We got to get into prayer. We got to remember that there is liberty in Christ. There's freedom in Jesus Christ. He's already won. We don't need to add to any of God's commands. Though it may make us seem wise and religious, really it's a drag. They don't help you spiritually. Beating yourself up. He's like, man, we, you don't have to go back to works. You don't have to be under these uh, spiritual powers. You don't have to be like, act like we're chained to them. We have freedom in Jesus Christ. The victory's already been won. Well, when? He died on the cross, but three days later, he rose again. He's victorious over sin and death. We get the credit for it when we believe in Jesus Christ. We have victory over sin and death. But we seem, he's, he's, he says, did you catch this part? <clears throat> Where he says, why do you subject yourselves to these regulations? And I wonder, why do we try to act holier than thou? Well, I have to dress this certain way, or I, I have to look a certain way. I have to do all this extra stuff. Really? I don't think so. That doesn't make you more spiritual. I know that we like being in the driver's seat. We like to control stuff. And people like to put their religious trips on us. When I was a kid, some family, my dad, when, when I was younger, he had this like wicked, gnarly beard. 
and he would have family, and they went to a church where they were always very nice shaved, always had to have long sleeve shirts, and so yeah, they believed in Jesus. They also believed in a lot of like lame rules. So I remember someone telling my dad, you know what, you should shave that. And my dad's like, why? And he goes, because you growing that beard makes you narcissistic. You're like narcissistic. It's narcissism. And my dad's all, what? And he goes, yeah, because you like to look at yourself in the mirror. He goes, I don't shave. You shave every day. You look in the mirror more than I do. How does that make sense? And I remember, I've remembered that since I was a little boy. And I always think, rock on, dad. You're the man. Yeah, don't let people put their religious trips on us. Avoid this food or drink. You know, and I get it, though. I get it. Seriously, the whole avoiding maybe like a drink. Maybe there's another believer that might stumble if you have something to drink. You know, don't stumble that believer. Don't. But don't sit there and claim that you're way more hyper-spiritual than me because that's how you're being. It's like, whoa, whoa, come on, guys. Let's not put religious trips on each other. Avoid that stuff. If someone in your life has been doing that to you, that's not Jesus. You can't earn your way to heaven. I'll say it again. We're saved by grace through faith, not of works, so no one should boast. It is a gift. That comes out of Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. If you want a couple of commands that you, should, that you want to follow, you're like, no, Rick, I have to do something. Okay, here's something. Because Jesus was asked, what are the two greatest commandments? He goes, okay, first one, here it is. Love God. He's in there, okay, love God. All your heart, mind, soul, everything you got, love the Lord. Okay, he goes, hey, there's a second one. It's just like the first one. And they're all there ready. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love fulfills all the commands. All the law, love fulfills it. Verse 22, which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and the doctrines of men. He's talking about those rules. Don't touch, don't taste, don't handle. These are mere human teachings about, the, uh, about stuff. If you guys have never read or heard uh, Pastor uh, Tony Evans, I, I like him. He, he had this to say. He says this, add-on rules function like extra carry-on bags. They'll rob you of your freedom to fly. Isn't that, a, isn't that true? When you start looking at all your airlines and you're like, what, I have to pay how much? That's like as much as my plane ticket costs. It robs you of your freedom to fly. So when we add on all these extra rules to our belief system, it's like adding on all these fees. It's like, oh man, you're making it tough for me. So what should we do when it comes to our faith? Keep it simple, saint. Kiss method, keep it simple, saint. You're a saint if you're a believer in Jesus. Jesus plus nothing equals everything, okay? Don't need to add anything to Jesus. He's already done it all. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That's cool. Verse 23, these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom, self-imposed religion, false humility, neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. All this legalism, all this mysticism, all this asceticism, Oh, it seems, it seems wise, 
but they are no help in conquering our evil desires. They're no help in the area of salvation. Have you ever heard the saying that the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart? And who can fix that? The Lord. The Lord can totally fix that. He says in Ezekiel 36, 26, this is a verse that we review often together, church. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take out your heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. When we surrender our lives to the Lord, when we surrender our will to his will, when we freely choose his will, man, this great heart exchange happens. He takes out the stubborn heart of stone. Below your feet is concrete, and it doesn't move, right? Can you guys feel that? It's all, you're all aware of it now. There's concrete under your feet. But if you take your hand, and you take your finger, and you push the, the little fatty part of your thumb, what happens? The flesh responds to your touch, doesn't it? So when God puts the heart of flesh in your, in your life, and he upgrades you, you now have a heart that will follow his judgments, his decrees, his touch, his direction. Simply put, God changes our want-tos. Gives us a whole upgrade. The problem, the heart of the problem is the problem with the heart. So our heart or our operating systems need to be changed. The engine in our car, when we change it and we upgrade it, we get some more horsepower out of it. That's what Paul's saying here. It's what he's been telling us. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Man, when you take Jesus into your life, you get every upgrade. You get all these new apps. You got these new text messages, instant messaging app with him called prayer. You get his whole wisdom at your fingertips. Bam, the Bible and the Holy Spirit right in you. You have access to all of the Lord. He is in us. We get it all. You want to conquer and vanquish and kill the evil desires in your flesh that you're struggling with? Jesus. We surrender our lives to Jesus. Let's go on to chapter 3, verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. What are we talking about here? We're starting to talk about our minds now. Now our heart is changed. But the processor, right, the operating system's changed. The processor has to get changed too. Our mind, our minds. You were raised to a new life with Jesus Christ. So he says, now set and seek those things which are above. He's saying, set your sight on these like amazingly rich treasures of heaven, these joys of heaven. Set them on Jesus. And where is he? He's sitting at the right hand of God. How do I set my sights? How do I readjust my focus? How do I set my sights on these treasures? Sit down, literally, with pen and paper, if you must, and prayerfully and deeply think on what you value. What do you value? What do you place in that is important? 
Consider what you treasure, what you treasure in light of Jesus Christ in your life. What is it that I treasure? Our minds have to change. Our minds have to change. How about if you're going to change your mind, how, how, how? Really, we need to sit down and think these things through. We're so busy. I mean, when does someone have an actual moment to just sit there and just think? I love it. I, I got to take an afternoon off the other day. And I sat in my house and just read, listened to some jazz music, and just thought for a few hours. I, it doesn't happen all the time. But just think. What will you miss out on? So you might miss out on some Instagram reels. Okay, there's like a billion more that'll come, guys. Well, I don't know. I might miss the latest ESPN update. It's okay. It'll be there. I might miss that phone call from, just, it's okay. It's okay. Sit down and write down what you value in light of your relationship with Christ. Take some time and do your own little Bible study. Like, what are God's promises? Check out Ephesians 2.10 when you have some time. Check out John 3.16. I know it's popular, but have you ever just sat down and dissected it? It is so cool and amazing. And then go to John 3.17. Look at Psalm 139. And just look at these things that God thinks about you as a human being, who he made on purpose. It's so cool to just sit down and think deeply. You can meditate on these things. Oh, I don't know how to meditate. You ever worry about anything? Yeah, if you know how to worry, if you've worried, you know how to meditate. It's just you're meditating. You're thinking instead of on like, oh my gosh, this bill, or I gotta pick up my kid or blah, my tire or whatever. Think deeply on God's promises. Just sit down. Just do it for a few minutes if you can. Start training yourself. Devoting time. Devoting time. And watch how much stronger your relationship with the Lord gets. Okay? This is not something that saves you. This is, I'm saved. I want to sit down and consider God's promises. Okay? Set your mind, verse, verse 2. We're in chapter 3, verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Okay, he's talking about our mind again. Guys, the battle is for your mind. There's a battle for our mind. Check out Ephesians 6 if you don't believe me. He says it right here. Set your mind on things above. You have a bad habit? That's a mind problem. Because <laughs> our actions originate in our, in our thinking, right? So we have to change our thinking, change our behavior. And if you do it long enough and consistently, you'll change your life. Cool. So all I need to do is the power of positive thinking? No. <laughs> what? No. We need Jesus. We need Jesus to do that heart exchange. We need Jesus. We need to get plugged into his body, his church. Okay, his church. We need to get into his scripture. Because he tells us in his scripture, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God's word will transform us. God's word will. Oh, I know, I threw a little curveball there talking about all that positive thinking. But we need to get into God's word. We need to get into prayer with him. We need to get to know him. Tell him everything. 
We need to go to the source and seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. That's us setting our minds on things above. So easy is it to get distracted. I mean, look how much you, you can sit there and binge watch stuff for hours, streaming all this stuff, and then you're wondering, why am I not close with the Lord? Well, come on, guys. It's like I say, garbage in, garbage out. Good stuff in, good stuff out. We'll spend some time with the Lord, and you'll see how your mind starts thinking differently. You start being a little kind. You start, wow, you start getting refreshed. Just spend some time with the Lord. Paul, what he's really telling us is take a good look at heaven's perspective on every issue. How do I get a good look at heaven's perspective on every issue of my life? We spend time with God's word. Look in the back of your Bibles and you can like look up what, 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 he, what does God say on certain key words like anger or forgiveness or whatever. And, he'll, and it points you to, that's the concordance, and he'll point you to uh, two verses throughout the Bible. Glossary. I think I messed that up. Sorry, guys. It's in the back of the Bible and it'll point you to all these different verses. Take a moment to stop and pray. I learned this recently. Uh, I was reading somewhere where someone says ASAP. Always stop and pray. I have a bad, a bad habit. If I'm really tired, the first thing I want to do is not think. I want to just talk. I get myself into trouble. Really, what we should do is stop and pray. Get with God. Talk about him. There's a battle for our mind going on. So let's renew our mind by the cleansing of God's word, take a lot of it in, pray and talk with him and see the results. Verse three, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Okay, so to help us with this new mindset, Paul's telling them that our identity is in Christ. Those of us who believe in Jesus, who have given our lives to Jesus, we have a new heart, we have a new life with and in Jesus Christ. We're in him. We're hidden in him. No burglar can like rob Jesus of you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. You're his. He's in you, believer. Nothing can separate you guys. Nothing. But you've been saying we have to stay connected. We have to talk with him and all that. So what does that mean? Well, check it out. Jesus said in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. We have to stay in Jesus. So let's close with this. Jesus plus nothing equals, you guys remember? Okay, that guy remembered. Okay, Jesus plus nothing equals? All right, awesome. So don't be out there religious tripping, putting stuff on other people, letting other people put it on you. Stay connected with the Lord because you don't need rules or regulations or rituals. What you need is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you don't have one, we'd like to pray with you. If you'd like to know that all your sins are forgiven, well, we have a prayer for you. If you'd like to know where you'll spend eternity, we'd like to pray with you. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord, thank you so much for this 
for this good word that you've given us, God. Thank you so much for the truth of scripture that we don't need to add anything, that you've done it all, you've paid it all on the cross and you rose again three days later. Lord, we thank you for your victory that you allow us to enjoy. As I said, if you'd like to know your sins are forgiven, if you'd like to know where you'll spend eternity, if you've never started a relationship with Jesus Christ, we have a simple prayer for you. And you can say it in your own heart or you can say it out loud with us. It goes like this. Lord Jesus, I surrender. I give you my life. Please forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can serve you from this day forward. And all of God's kids agreed by saying, amen, amen. Well, God bless you guys. If no one's told you that they love you, church, I love you, Packing House. God bless you and good night.